everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Belilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. When we talk about inclusion, we talk about welcoming, celebrating, um, developing a diverse mix of individuals. We talk about making sure that everyone feels they have equal opportunities. And talking about it, we do a lot and we've been doing it a lot, especially in the last few years. But for many businesses out there, salons included, truly living that promise, creating that environment is where the challenge is. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about just that fostering inclusivity, creating a welcoming space for clients of all types of hair by growing out of your comfort zone as a hairstylist. We'll be doing that with a guest who's got a keen eye for detail and beauty that extends far beyond his work with hair. From his home base in Chicago to his clients located in New York, San Francisco and Los Angeles, his beautiful creations can be seen across the US. You can find his work featured on TV productions, fashion shows, at the Sundance Film Festival and even the Oscars. Not everyone stays educated to know how to work with every single person that sits down on their chair. Whatever neighborhood you live in, you should be able to get your hair cut and be able to feel comfortable. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. It locks us down to not know how to grow or when things are not in style anymore, how we work with them. A hairdresser is not someone that just does just one thing. We do everything. I think the only way we're going to see the change is if we start educating ourselves and educating other people and being able to ask other people for help and knowing that there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit, when I went to beauty school, I learned the basics, you know, and I feel it takes a lot more than just the basics to get past in life, even with any hair type that you're working with or any color line you're working with. Change and difference makes more money. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. The passion for hair found hairstylist Christopher Aaron at a young age when a trip to a local hair salon with his mother and aunts proved to be filled with life-altering inspiration. From that day onwards, he dedicated himself to becoming an expert hairstylist that always displays creativity and distinct artistry. And if you visit him in Deer Park, Illinois, you'll notice that he's curated an intimate yet luxurious studio space where you can truly be yourself, where he fosters an atmosphere that allows you to relax and most importantly, feel welcomed and cared for. As you'll hear throughout today's conversation, Christopher, who's an advanced healing artist for Lanza and salon-centric influencer, places a huge importance on the individual relationships with his clients. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Christopher. I'm so happy to have you on. Obviously, this is not our first time chatting. Um, It's always a pleasure to chat with you, you know, catching up or meeting you at events and stuff. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so glad to be finally doing this with you. It's been so long we've been talking about it, but you know, with the world being upside down and traveling and everything else like that, we have to get back to usual. So I'm really excited to do this with you. I'm so excited too. And you're right. You, I think we the I think we first started talking about this probably two years ago now, if not more. Yeah, I think we met. Oh my god, we met in like 2018, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2018. Yeah, I think it was about 2018. So God. 
we really need to get better with our schedules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens when you have busy schedules trying to, you know, coordinate things. But I'm um, yeah. really glad we're actually making the time today. And um, I guess I'm I'm just going to jump straight in, right? Um, because this is this is a topic that I've been really keen to explore and really keen to explore with you. I feel really, really privileged to be able to talk about this with you. And I actually don't talk a lot about myself in these episodes, but I want to bring a bit of context to this first question that I want to ask you. Um, so when you go up back my family tree, like my, ha- my hair is really, really short now and stuff. Pe- most people don't know, but like if I show them like a profile picture from when I was 17, I've got this like really, really big frizzy hair. Um, I've got some Canadian, Jamaican, Guyanese roots and stuff going to like my grandparents. Um, and and f- like, I'm going to say like most of us, I've experienced my own struggles embracing that natural kind of hair, right? Um, I've always hated the frizz out of it and I've like just battled against it for so long. Um, And it's only like in my late 20s that I felt more comfortable and I've actually, you know, managed to find a way to work with it, embrace it, and actually use it as a way to define a part of my identity. Um, So I was wondering if you could tell me about maybe your hair story a bit. Well, my hair story is I grew up in an area that was mostly Caucasian. Mm -hmm. So I used to have to go outside of my area and go find an area that was more diverse that knew how to work with my hair type. Mm -hmm. And it was something that would always drive me crazy because we would have to like literally take certain days to like go up to the barbershop to like have someone cut my hair. And it was just like, oh, my God, I can't just go to the place that's right around the corner and get my hair cut. But the, the challenge was that I, I really couldn't. I had to be able to go find somebody that knew how to work with my texture. Even at that young age, I was just like, well, isn't hair just hair? Can't everybody just do it? Mm-hmm. And I realized not everyone stays educated to know how to work with every single person that sits down on their chair. And it was something that made me become a stronger stylist later down the road because I said, I never want anybody to ever feel that way. Whatever neighborhood you live in, you should be able to get your hair cut and be able to feel comfortable. And it's something that we need to push in our world as stylists to become better educators for ourselves to do that. Because for me, it was really hurtful that I wasn't able to go get my hair cut with my friends and be able to enjoy that time of like, Oh, we all my guy friends are going to get their haircuts together and walk over to the, the hair salon to get haircuts. And I couldn't be a part of that because the people that were in the salon did not know how to work with my hair texture. Mm-hmm. The way that I see it is like, obviously your hair is like a huge part of like who you are. It's a huge part of how we express ourselves, our identity. Like, did you feel like that impacted how you saw yourself even to some certain, certain extent? It definitely did. I I felt like even more different. You know, I I knew already I was black. I was gay. I was already different. Mm -hmm. And it was just something else on top of it, like not to make me feel comfortable in the the town that I grew up in. And people always say we don't see color or we don't see things like that. But the point is that for me, it made me feel that I was different and I wasn't accepted even in my own neighborhood. Yeah. And that must have been really tough, especially growing up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think we just, I think we don't realize how much kids take effect or even adults can take effect to when they don't feel welcomed. Oh, 100%. You know? and, yeah. Even for me, like I always say, even in videos I do, everyone is welcome. Everyone is accepted. 
because I mean that. No matter who you are and what you do, what hair type you have, you should know that you have a home to go to to get your hair done. And I didn't feel that growing up. I felt that, you know, I had to go towns over to feel accepted. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you've heard this a lot yourself, um, but I feel like in the past like year, year and a half, maybe even two years, I've been hearing a lot more of like hair has no gender. But like you said just there earlier, you said hair is hair. And I truly believe that as well. But I feel like the conversation around hair has no gender is being pushed way more and um, I guess um, is we're taking action way quicker around that um, versus, you know, actually upskilling and understanding how to work with all different types of textured hair. So how like how do you feel from your perspective um, that is going, that conversation is happening in the industry? I like the fact that the hair, you know, has no gender is being talked about because mm-hmm. I think for a long time, you know, women were women's haircuts, men's were men's haircuts when really a haircut is just a haircut because yeah. there's women that have short hair, there's men that have long hair, you know? So you can't put a staple on it just like you can't put a staple on what hair type you do. Yeah. And I feel like it's something that should have been talked about or should have been taught in beauty school, mm-hmm. should have been accepted The fact that, you know, you put yourself in a bubble where you only do one thing. You know, when I meet stylists, I say, I don't do men's haircuts, haircuts, and I don't like them. But then you look at their Instagrams, and they love pixie haircuts. Well, if you can do a pixie haircut, (laughs) you can do a men's haircut. If it's a short men's haircut, or you can ever do a woman's short haircut. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. It locks us down to not know how to grow, or when things are not in style anymore, how we work with them. So what happens when pixie cuts are not a cute thing anymore? Are you going to, what are you going to do? Stop yeah. doing them and try to figure something out. You need to be able to accept everything that sits in your chair and welcome it and be strong in it. And that's what makes a hairdresser. A hairdresser is not someone that just does just one thing. We do everything. It's just like, for me, it's just like, I only do blondes. No, I don't do two blondes. I do redheads. I do blondes. I do brunettes. And I stick strong to that because it makes me different. It makes me stand out to know that I've taken the time to educate myself and to be about what I say about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think are some of the blockers? Like aside from you've mentioned there, like it should have been taught, should have been taught in beauty school. Um, What do you think some of the blockers are for people not to know more about this to be more educated like I'm sure there's like some parts of it that's just you know you have to be willing to do that work but I'm sure there's other parts as well as an industry that we could you know maybe try and identify and then start to remove the barriers I think the best way we can start removing the barriers is we start accepting change change Mm -hmm. is a big thing and I know we don't always accept change or people don't like different But once you open your mind to accept change, that's what's going to make you grow. Or the fact of just being open to learn something. Don't ever think that you can just, you know, you know everything, you know. I feel like as status, we get lazy and we need to bump up our situations, you know, like of what we want in our our chair. The fact that we can be making more money by doing everything, every hair type. I feel like change will start when people stop being lazy also. Mm. I find that a lot of people will become lazy and don't want to do more. Like I'm just 
straight point to the, you know, you've known me for a long time. I'm, I'm not going to lie about a situation. I'm going to be very straightforward. I think that our community has just become accepted to be one thing and not open to be all things. And I think the only way we're going to see the change is if we start educating ourselves and educating other, educating other people and being able to ask other people for help and knowing that there's nothing wrong with that. Like I've had stylists reach out to me in this last year being like, I want to be a better stylist because I want to be able to do every hair type also. And to me, that makes a big stance on who you are as a person and who are you are as a stylist. If you're okay just being in that little bubble, that's, I guess that's fine for you. But be prepared for other people to blow past you and grow past you. And so I think those are the two things, accepting change and not being lazy. Yeah. Yeah, those those are huge ones anyways as well. So and I'm sure that like if we can get a handle over those two and actually get things started in in beauty schools as well cuz like I'm I've I've seen I don't know if you've heard the news but just last week in the UK um hairdressers are now going to have to be trained in cutting and styling afro textured hair um it's making like they're making it mandatory and I know that in Montreal even in just my own backyard um over the like the whole lockdown period, there was a salon owner who was petitioning for that and has gathered over 10,000 signatures and stuff. And I'm sure there's many conversations around that in the U.S. as well. Um, do you think is like, do you think is is obviously like change and and just being open to growth and learning is is huge. But in terms of like, I guess, a structure and for, for people coming into the industry as new like fresh blood, I guess, um, is, is integrating that into schools enough is obviously it's probably the first step because it's still not the case many places, but is it enough? Is there anything that we could be doing more even just right now as we're working towards that goal? I think, you know, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit when I went to beauty school, I learned the basics, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel it takes a lot more than just the basics to get past in life, even with any hair type that you're working with or any color line you're working with. I think that something that we can make a big thing is making people do hands-on classes every year to learn so they have to grow. There shouldn't be like, oh, okay, you can go take whatever classes you want. There should be guidelines to learn how to do every single thing. And I think we've, like I said, I think we've become so accustomed to what we can get away with mm-hmm. that it's not pushed in our face. The more we push it in the people's faces, the more they're going to just wake up and realize, oh, that's cool. I can do that. I can learn that. And, you know, I feel like beauty school should be something that people have to go back and learn something from the schools. Like every 10 years, of pay, you know, I, there's things that I forget. There's sanitation things. Like, I'm like, oh, God, like, I haven't done that in forever. I totally forgot about that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's because we, we've become so custom. So I feel like more mandatory of events that make people have to go and learn certain things will be the best way, probably. Now, with that being said, I'll probably be looked at like I'm crazy. Like, here's another day I have to go sit in classes. But I think people forget how much we learn when we sit and accept things and, you know, push ourselves out of our comfort zones. 
And I think that's a big thing. But, you know, I think we should have these companies coming into beauty schools and teaching people how to do more things and sharing and getting influencers in beauty schools and really showing the difference of how many techniques they do instead of just the basics. So I feel like there's so many options that we could do to get to this revelation that we can do better. It's just about us all sitting down and figuring out the best way. And it's funny because you mentioned there like, oh, like I'll probably be looked at crazy and, and, you know, I'll have to sit down, have another class and stuff. But there's so many ways to make it interesting. And when you said that, I was just thinking about, you know, when we when we met, the weekend we met was the influencer uh, series hosted by Modern Salon. And it was I think it was a group of maybe 18 or so or 30 I can't remember how many you guys were but um it was a small enough group anyways and everybody was showing each other their like area of you know expertise or the 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 technique that they wanted to showcase and it was a really fun weekend at the end of the day it wasn't just like I'm having to sit here and like go through this everybody enjoyed it there was a photo shoot at the end uh you know guys made the cover of of modern salon and stuff and it there's a way, I think, to make education fun also. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, something that we don't remember enough. Oh, for sure. I think, you know, that weekend was, you know, I learned so much on that weekend. And just being around a group of different people from all over around the United States. And and it was, when I sat back at the end of that weekend, and I remember being like, God, I work with so many different people. And I learned so much that will make me better Mm. and made me gain even more money behind the chair because I learned something. And I feel that people don't always take pride in that, you know, like they, I, you know, I am a big person. The people you hang out with are the people that you become. And I always pride myself on hanging out Mm -hmm. with people that are trying to grow and better themselves and really push the envelope to be the best of them themselves. I would say, and people will probably tell you, my friends will at least tell you, I always say I want to be the Oprah of hair because Oprah always was like, okay, I'll close that chapter and now I'm going to do these 15 chapters and I'm going to try to become the best at everything that I touch because she doesn't just accept the basics. She goes beyond the basics. Yeah. And those are the people that are changing our industry and trying to grow our energy. And those are the people that are going to stand out and go on past from when they're behind the chair and make it a staple for themselves. And the people that are get lost are going to be the ones that sit in that bubble and just do that one type of thing. They never learn anything else. Yeah. Another great example, actually, aside from opera, and I'm sure you'll you'll know who I'm talking about, but I remember watching the mini documentary about Madame C.J. Walker. Oh, yeah. She was also one to push, you know, and, and push for greatness and push for what was right and to just grow and stuff. And if anyone listening to this hasn't watched that, I, I would strongly recommend. It was a pretty inspirational. That show was so good. I, it made me, I remember after I watched it, I was just like, God, I need to even do more. And I'm <laughs> days a week and I know that's not for everybody, but I was like, God, I feel lazy. And this woman did it back in the 40s, the 20s, the whatever. And she here she is building a multi-million dollar empire yeah. back in that time. because she That still exists today. Exactly. Because she didn't just stand around and wait for somebody to give it to her. She made her own story. And that's, that's another thing you'll hear me say a lot. I don't, nobody else can write my book better than I can. Mm-hmm. And I stand by that because I'm not going to let anybody else write, write the chapters of my stories ever. Yeah. 
I'm going to build my empire the way I want it to be built. Because at the end of the day, we're the only one who can write the truest story about ourselves. Exactly. I ain't going to let nobody else write it. Somebody else will write something else. Like, he did things this way. He did things. No, I did it. Mm-hmm. I conquered this. You'll feel more pride when you take ownership of everything that you are and who you are, you know? Yeah. No, you're entirely right. Um, I'm going to try, try to like switch the narrative a little bit and, and go into money. What if we tried to frame this under a business strategy or even like a bottom line perspective? Because we were talking about doing this episode and you mentioned, you know, it could have a proper effect on your bottom line at the end of the day. So how do you, how do you feel um, or how can you frame this idea that hair is hair and that by learning about all hair types will benefit you in the long run, um, both for salon owners, hairstylists, and like what kind of effect it will have um, on your bottom line, on your growth? I feel like if you only do one thing, you're only going to make money one way. It's just like when people are like, oh, I'd rather do balayaging than all day than anything. That's all great and dandy, but do we forget that gray coverage is actually where people most make most of their money? Mm. Or when African-American women need their hair pressed, they want that pressed every week. That's money that you're missing out of your pocket because you didn't accept the chance to grow yourself and be a better stylist. And when we don't accept things, we make less money. When we don't accept, you know, variety we make less money mm-hmm. so me it stands for the fact that there are plenty of hairdressers out there in the world yeah but what sets myself apart in my area in my area i'm able to collect every single kind of client that walks in my chair and not be afraid to do it or don't have the education to do it and that's a spot that's filled for another client so like me i'm booked out three to four months in advance because I do everything. Mm-hmm. When, when a, like, let's say when balayage goes away, all the people that just do balayage, what are you going to do next if you don't know how to do everything else? Yeah. What's well, going to be the food that feeds your ticket and the food that you put on your table? You know, you have to be open to those things. And I think people don't think about it that way. They think about that. So they're, the first thing that hits them is that they're scared. Mm-hmm. They're going out and doing something different. But if Oprah didn't stand up for what she did and C.J. Walker didn't stand up for change, do you think that they would be building the empire or have the empire that they didn't have because they just did the one thing? No, we have to change and difference makes more money. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. Being open, being different. So how do you work out your ideal, like your perfect ideal client, like we often talk about, you know, personas and having, identifying like who, who you speak to, I guess. And a lot of people, when, when you talk about that, they'll say, well, exactly, exactly with that example, with the balayage, for instance, well, I, my perfect client is this type of client who will want a balayage and this and this and that and that. If you're the the type of hairdresser who does and caters and welcomes everyone and all types of hair, do you cater your ideal client more on like the personality side on how like you gel kind of like almost like as a family? How do you work that out? So all of my clients are based on me as a person and them as a person. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I state this is because I don't want anybody sitting down in my chair that 
does not have full respect for me and not and I don't have full respect for them. I try to take the the whole what they're getting done out of the situation because at the end of the day they're a person and they need their hair done. And I feel that we get trapped into what we want and putting so many rules. Like I've heard so many says say, well I'm not gonna do their hair if they're just getting a haircut. But a haircut can change so many somebody's life in so many ways. You know, not just a color. So yeah. my clients are definitely based off of personality and who they are and who, you know, what kind of person they want to be in life. And like I said earlier, the people that you associate yourself around are the people that you become. I have very strong women that sit in my chair every day that are either at home moms or they're business women or they build their own empires. And that's what's important to me to see that I can make them better than the day they, they were before or make them feel better about themselves, make them better, go, make them to be able to go out there and build their own brand of who they are. That's what I look like, what I look for in a customer, not just what they're getting done in my chair. Because there's some clients that I see twice a year because they only want to get a haircut twice a year. But that <laughs> moment for me is I've made it good for that twice a year. You know, I've built them to feel good about themselves and their shoes, not about the money ticket of them. Now, yes, am I making over six figures a year? year? Yes. But it's because I stopped looking at the ticket price and started looking at the person. Going deeper than the than yeah. just the surface and building connections because that's, and that's what I, that's what I love about you. And that's what, you know, really stood out to me back in 2018 when I met you, there was just like such an authentic energy about you. And we hit it off pretty, pretty soon. After. Well, I think we did speak a bit during the weekend, but obviously you guys were busy and I was just around taking photos and all that, but we really hit it off pretty, um, pretty soon after that weekend, just through DMS and, and it, felt so it felt so genuine so true and it still does today and I still you know and I can only imagine how your clients feel when they walk into your chair um even that twice a year you know well thank you for saying that I mean I've had some clients since I've had that I've done since beauty school and I feel like they've grown with me they've seen every change in me and I feel that's so important you know I feel like we forget that we're not just hairdressers we're we're therapists. We're we're their everything, you know. We're their relaxation when they come to get away from their family and everything like that. And I feel like it's just so important to just realize that we're we're just dealing with human beings. And take the hair out of the situation. I'm just I love seeing certain people. And you know, me and my clients, we have great conversations about who I am, what I stand for, and I re they respect me and they learn to understand who I am as a person. And not only, you know, when this whole Black Lives Matter thing came around, they were like, well, how do you feel about this? And I'm always bluntly honest. I don't feel like I should ever hide who I am and not directly express myself with my people because that's what the world should be, you know? I should be able to, you should be able to respect me and know mm -hmm. that you're getting good customer service, but you're also getting a friend to talk to. Yeah. And I respect that hugely about you. Um, I guess I don't want to wrap this up just, just yet. Um, do you have any kind of resources um, for people who would like to educate themselves? I know you just mentioned earlier, like some stylists have reached out to you before. Um, like where can people go to um, maybe upskill like 
even as of like say as of tomorrow for instance or um you know anything that they can listen to even or watch um that they could maybe get a bit of like their their toes dipped into working with all types of hair i mean we live in a world that you know everything's touchable so instagram youtube facebook look for classes or people that you want to learn from mm-hmm. i will state that there's artists that i reach out to and i say hey are you willing for me to come shadow you for a day i still do it to this day i feel no hesitation on reaching out to be like, I want to do, be, do things better, you know? And I feel like we should all be comfortable. Like, I know there's a lot of artists that are like, I'm not going to share my techniques with people. I'm not going to do this. At the end of the day, we all do the same thing, you know? Yeah. So why not share? So I'm going to say, reach out to fellow stylists or search social media and look for classes. You can reach out to me, of course, at Christopher Aaron Studio on Instagram. But there's plenty of other hairdressers that might be closer to you that you can learn from. Don't lock yourself into like, oh, classes, when you can probably do a one-on-one with somebody one day and even learn more. You know, I think that that's something that we forget that social media is just a, you know, a God's gift to us becoming better. And when we use it the right way anyways, it doesn't have to make us feel bad about ourselves constantly. There's a lot that we can use it for that is extremely beneficial for growth, for self-development, for just, yeah, business, business in general, even business opportunities and stuff. Um, So I know this is going to sound like a bit of a curveball, but um, I do have a deck of cards here. Um, they're thought starter cards and I'm going to flip one. I, I, uh, shuffled the deck before we started recording this and I ask my guests one question per episode. So the one that I have lined up for you today is describe your earliest career memory. My earliest career memory. Oh my God. 2020 was the year consumers changed their habits, supporting local and buying online. Online purchases increased by 50%. Social media influenced 55% of those decisions, and 70% said they'd buy online again. So this begs the question, how well did your salon adapt? The good news is, Forrest now has an online health score calculator. In less than five minutes, you can get your own bespoke report with tips on how to improve your online marketing, social media, online reputation, and salon website. Take the assessment today at forest.com slash online hyphen health hyphen score. Well, let's take it back to when I did my first haircut in a salon. And I remember it was a man's haircut and I had everything lined up and I was so scared. (laughs) (laughs) The first haircut I ever did on a person outside of beauty school. And I remember being like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? Now I remember that person sat in the chair and was just like, is this your first time? No, I've been doing hair for a couple of years. Oh God. And <laughs> I totally lied. And I remember doing that haircut and I remember getting lost and was like, I don't even know what I did. Hope it was good. And I remember going back to my manager and being like, I don't want to do any more haircuts now. And I remember her being like, you only have done one. <laughs> and I did. I don't know if I want to feel like that ever again, that I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, well, you do know what you're doing. And I said, no, I don't. 
And I said, I've only done one haircut, really. She's like, it only takes one to feel that empowerment and get lost in what you're doing. And when she said get lost, and I remember getting lost, I remember that was what I was meant to do, to fall in love with hair and get lost in it and be able to touch people in so many different ways to help them and make them feel empowered. And that's what strengthened me every day. When I don't know something or don't feel comfortable with it, it's okay to feel scared and not strong, but it can empower me to grow to be better. I don't think you could have said anything more beautiful than that, to be honest. I love that. (laughs) I am grateful. I am very grateful for for this card to have happened to be on the top of the deck. Because I had no idea what was going to come up. So. I'm glad I got that question. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great one to, to end on anyways. I really, really appreciate your time today with me. Um, this is great. And I hope I hope this lives on further than just the podcast. I hope we can, you know, inspire others to have conversations, even within their own salon, with their own teammates, maybe um, their peers, whatever. Um, if someone does want to get in touch and you know, have this conversation with you or or take it further anyways, where can people find you online, Chris? Uh, I would say the best way to reach out to me is on my Instagram at Christopher Aaron Studio. Um, So Aaron would spell A-A-R-O-N in studio. So Christopher Aaron Studio. And then you can hit me up through my website, which is at Christopher Aaron Styling. Mm -hmm. Those are probably the two best ways to get a hold of me or just find me on Facebook if you can. (laughs) Uh, Chris Smith. Yeah, and Chris is doing a lot of education with Lanza and Salon Centric, so you'll be sure to at least catch him live a few times in the next uh, couple of months for sure. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm sure we'll talk soon, but until then, yeah. take care. Thank you, love. For many, going to a salon is a wonderful experience, but it can also be quite a scary and challenging one for others. So what does the power of haircut mean to you? And I encourage you to think about that as we uh, wrap up today's episode, because if you can think about what the, the, the power of a haircut means to you personally, then maybe you can see things that you're doing in this lawn or maybe not doing in this lawn currently that you can implement to make your space feel safer, more welcoming uh, to people with all types of hair, uh, but also all genders. We've mentioned that the very start of the episode, we had a conversation about that um, on episode 203 just recently with Kristen Rankin and Lauren Wild about running gender affirming salon spaces. So if you're curious, you can check that one out. Um, but yeah, what can you be doing more of? Because we can all be doing more and we have a responsibility to be doing more for the people even just around us, you know, in our close circles, extended family, whatever that is. I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's conversation. So if you want to get in touch and discuss that, um, please do reach out on Instagram, uh, DM us at Forest Salon Software. One last thing before uh, signing off, don't forget to head over to forest.com forward slash FM where you can subscribe to the show's email newsletter, find today's transcript. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forest FM or this episode specifically, you can also send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And on that note, catch you all next Monday.
This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting edge post production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.